The Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, including two-time world champions in Vararian District. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rap Show podcast. <laughs> yes, indeed. Brand new intro, eh? Hey, brand new intro. What about that? And did you like that, actually? Yes, that was one of our recordings that we got sent to us of the Big Rab Show Hornpipe. Hope you liked that. Uh, yeah, put a bit of a different twist on the start of this week's show. Why not? Uh, we figured try and shake things up, maybe brighten things up a little bit around here. You know, why not, indeed? So, yeah, there you go. Now, that's not to say we've crowned the winner yet of the Big Rab Show Hornpipe Challenge. We are still waiting on other entries coming in. Uh, So we do know a lot of people out there are still recording our Hornpipe out there. Um, So we haven't settled on an eventual winner, but I do like that intro. I I think that was quite cool, actually. I do love that version of the Rab Show Hornpipe there. Excellent stuff. Anyway, yes, welcome. This is the Big Rab Show. How are yous? (laughs) It's been, again, another weird week in the bagpiping world because we're still in the throes of this COVID-19 pandemic, which, as you sure you can imagine, is absolutely just consuming everything in the piping world. We've had, we've had cancellation after cancellation after disappointment after disappointment. It's just horrible to be involved in piping and drumming and to be involved in music in general. It's quite a horrible time. Uh, so... Hey, why not all just moan and groan along with us for, yeah, for another hour and a half or however long this week's podcast is. Yeah, we are the show for the bagpiping folks. So if it's got bagpipes in it, around it or near it at all, then we are the show for you. Reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, be it solo piping, folk music, Celtic music or indeed our bread and butter, which is competitive piping and drawing. If you haven't listened to the show before, then where have you been? We have a huge back catalogue right now. Uh, over 160 plus episodes that you can delve into with so many different topics of the week that you can make your head spin. And I am very aware, actually, there's actually a few people who are currently around episode 100 and are just getting caught up uh, because we got some listener mail this week saying, Oh, Rob, your live episode from the Terrace Hotel was brilliant. And that happened nearly well over a year ago now. Where have you been? <laughs> So, yes, thank you. Uh, so, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass that person by reading out their name, but yes, they are getting caught up. So, by the time they possibly hear this week's podcast, uh, they're going to be possibly a year behind in the piping news. And they're going to think they're in the middle of a COVID-19 lockdown, whereas we could be treading the grass, hopefully, at this point next year. Uh, with a bit of luck. Well, guys, to be honest, this has been quite a weird time in the piping world. We have not been able to go to band practice two, three nights a week. We haven't been able to hang out with our bandmates. We haven't been able... Well, Kalabaki solos would have been behind us by now. We would have crowned some Kalabaki solos but champions by now. Which is a bit gutting because, that yeah, it's awful. Plus, then, of course, this weekend would have been the Klaus Kelt concert that we were all sorts of geared up for. I was dead excited for this. This also, well, obviously had some big guns in there, including Klaus Kelp, who we were dead excited to hear because this would have been their first real 
public performance of their grade one material. Now, that would have been all sorts of interesting. And yeah, we were so excited to get to this concert for so many different reasons. All these bands, we were just itching to, go, to see St. Mary's, Derry Trasna, Ocaran, Tully Lagan, and of course, Food Marshall there as well. Grancha, so many bands that were going to hit the stage a part of the Klaus Kelt concert. And it's no longer happening, and it's just so depressing. I know, I know. We've cancelled Worlds, we've cancelled Pipe and Live. All these other concerts are cancelled and pulled. It just seems to be absolute doom and gloom in the pipe and world. And last week's episode of the podcast, in case you haven't caught it, uh, definitely worth a listen. Uh, we try and give you some motivation as to why you should continue playing. Lift that pair of sticks, lift that practice chanter, and have a wee tune in the house. Even if it's just to put a smile on your own back, then definitely, you know, continue playing, I think, is... The big message we're trying to put across to people. This is temporary. We will get through this COVID carry on, as I'm calling it. Hashtag COVID carry on. Uh, But you know what? Us bagpiping folk are being so creative as a result. A lot of us are finding such creative ways to keep our music going. To find ways of being sociable with each other. Still remain in contact and keep our piping world going. And that's exactly where we are right now. And that's, if anything, I find us kind of stuck in the middle. We are a piping podcast and we report the news. And um, yeah, there's very little in the way of results and competitions and things like that for us to talk about. So we end up talking about how people can be so creative and keeping our piping world moving. So that being said, we normally kick off each Big Rab Show podcast with some listener mail. Now, this week, actually... Uh, we don't have any. We have zero listener mail this week, which is quite a shock, actually, uh, because we did ask you on last week's episode and the week before to send in your listener mail, your questions, your queries, your voicemails and such, and uh, we got bupkis. We got nothing. Now, the, I think possibly the reason behind this is because, yes, this past week we held our stay-at-home quiz Number two, the sequel. Yes, we had our stay-at-home quiz bay. In this very room where I'm sitting, actually. And, uh, man, you talk about an absolute rip-roaring session. It was so much fun. Uh, So many people tuned in live to take part in the quiz. And a load of people actually entered the competition. (sighs) I just, I, I I can't put it into words just how awesome it was to have so many people in one space socially taking part in something that collectively brings all us piping folk together, which was pipe band trivia. It was a lot of fun. So I have to say, again, if you haven't checked that out, you can go and check it out on our Facebook page. That's where it happens. You can go back now and watch the whole thing. Uh, We live streamed the entire thing. So you can go back and watch it from scratch if you didn't miss it. Um, So, But yes, the prizes for our quiz were nothing short of epic. A massive thank you to G1, of course our main sponsor, uh, they give us a gold chanter, just about talk, a gold chanter to give away as our top prize. Now, the gold chanter from G1 is uh, practically brand new. This one has been developed with all the top solo players in mind. I could just about talk tonight. What's wrong with me? 
It's been designed along with some of the top-level solo guys in mind. This has been developed through their help and has been made specifically for the solo piping world, not for a band setup. The gold chanter is specifically for solo work. And they managed to give us one of these amazing chanters just to give away as our top prize. Plus, they also give us a reed setup as well. So... It was basically like a plug-and-play kind of thing that they were giving us. Um, So you could pick your own strength of read and they would set it up in your chanter for you, get it all preset. So all you have to do is whenever you get it out of the box, just plug it straight into your stock and away you go. So yeah, shout out to G1 for our star prize, which was simply awesome. Plus, also, as part of our star prize, uh, pipe major Chris Armstrong, of course, from Scottish Power, gave away a free online lesson. Now, what an opportunity that is, to have an online lesson with such a legend in the piping world for free. So, yeah, there you go. I have to say congratulations to Clan Hassan was the name of the team who won. And I think it was Brian Hassan who was at the helm of that. He lifted the star prize. So, well done to Brian. Second prize, however, came from Fraser Warnocks. They provided us with a long practice chanter, which was beautiful, actually. I really wanted it myself. <laughs> really cool-looking practice chanter. And, uh, yeah, they had two practice reads along with it. Had imitation ivory and, like, a nickel furl on it and stuff. Gorgeous looking long chanter. And so, yeah, there you go. That was our second prize. So then, on to our spot prizes then. Congratulations go to Edith Russell, Jim Williamson, Ed Best and James Kennedy. Yeah, they managed to win prizes from Kingdom Thistle, uh, Pipe Band Supplies. Plus, they won prizes from Scott Curry Music. Now, if you haven't caught any of our stay-at-home quizzes yet, um, where have you been? <laughs> Because um, it was incredibly popular and, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now, going by the emails and stuff that we get back from people, really supportive, really just glowing and saying, yes, it was great, please do it again, it was fantastic, it took our minds off all the madness and kept us together. You know, I even heard word of some pipe bands out there actually taking part in this and actually having viewing parties uh, where the band would meet on Zoom or different apps of that nature. Uh, one person would put me on the live stream and then they would relay the question to their bandmates and then the whole band would try and figure out the question. So a serious amount of fun. So I have to say a massive shout out to absolutely everyone who tuned in live. But of course, those who tuned in on the replay as well. A lot of people seem to really enjoy that quiz. So do you know what? It's just good to know that you put all that work in. Everyone on the Rab Show team worked tirelessly on this. Uh, a massive shout out to Aaron McElwain. Thank you, Aaron. You absolute legend. And, you know, Andrew Shilliday and Deej McIntosh, those guys absolutely pulled the finger out and produced quite an amazing quiz. It was just epic. So thank you, everyone, the Rab Show team. It's just good to know that it's appreciated and you guys out there in the piping world enjoyed it. So will we do another one? The answer may well be possibly yes, but not in the foreseeable future. We will hopefully get one together in the next two or three weeks. We don't know. Because these things aren't easy put together, believe it or not. A lot of fact-checking goes on. You know, all these questions that we would ask, we do like to check our facts to make sure that we get our question correct as well. You know, is our answer correct? And so that nobody can come along and second-guess and go, ah, 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 no, that fact's wrong. And then we'll have a things that Rab got wrong situation. Anyway, now, there you go. That was the quiz. And that's possibly what dominated our listener mail this past week. Now, I would put you out with a challenge. And the challenge this week is for you guys to send us in some listener mail. How are you guys coping 
with this COVID-19 situation. We really want to hear from you. And now everyone is behind locked doors, under lock and key, and all of that sort of stuff. It's a terrible time to be involved in music. And you guys are the piping folk. And right now, you're being incredibly quiet. So definitely get in contact with us. Please do send us in your emails, your voicemails, all that sort of stuff. Like I said... Each and every episode, we are the show for the bagpiping folk. And if the piping folk are being dead quiet, then we're not going to have much of a show. So get involved. Get us in your emails. Let us know that you're listening and enjoying your episodes, if at all. And, uh, yeah, just how are you coping with this COVID-19 carry-on? Just, yeah. I hope you are all keeping safe and well wherever you're listening to this right now. I hope the world finds you well. All right. Let's get into some actual bagpiping news. What? Shock horror. Yeah, piping news. I have to give a massive shout at the start of this week's episode to Andrew Dye. You! Go on, honey boo-boo, you legend! Now, if I was allowed to swear on this podcast, I possibly would, and call him a bleeping, bleeping, bleeping epic person. Uh, because, um, yeah... <laughs> He's an incredible composer of note. As you guys know, he rearranged the Rab Show Hornpipe into something awesome. Uh, but he recently has written a new tune called Flatten the Curve. Now, a lot of bagpipers out there are being incredibly creative, and Andrew's one of them. Writing this new tune called Flatten the Curve, and a lot of other people are writing a lot of stuff, like, you know, tunes called Closed Indoors and Seeing Four Walls. I've seen a lot of different tunes and a lot of creativity going on in the bagpiping world, but specifically from Andrew. Andrew's tune is a jig, and it's just simply brilliant. I really love it. Um, it's kind of got a very triplety feel to it. Drummers would love it. In fact, very pulsy just a great great tune if you are interested go along check it out andrew die bagpiper maybe if andrew's listening he might send us a little audio recording of that so we can play it to you here in the podcast subtle hint honey boo boo if you're listening uh, but yeah flatten the curve brand new tune from andrew die bagpiper go and check him out on facebook so he's actually put it out there on facebook for you to learn and just yeah who knows we may ever actually hear a band playing this that'd be quite cool so flatten the curve brand new jig by andrew die absolutely epic now speaking of epic the hashtag covid Kaylee nominations are still flying around and so many kind of i don't know big names in the piping world have been taking part in this uh none more so than of course mr g1 john elliott has been taking part in this of course rab matheson we're waiting on rab matheson i think he hasn't done one yet uh, I think we have one from Stuart Little. I think we also we had we got one from Richard Parks as well. We had one there recently as well from uh, Terry Tully. I think it was, but he was playing a set of Ellen pipes, which was class, by the way. So a lot of very creative music uh, happening on social media at the moment. If you are interested in checking out any of it, all you have to do is type it into your search bar. Uh, COVID Kelly, you know that's all one word now, no spaces. So COVID Kelly, and you could be entertained for hours. So much great piping, so much great drumming for that matter too. Drummers are getting in on the act as well. But yeah, COVID, Kelly, and you can entertain yourself for hours with some quite blistering performances really, to be honest. I don't want to single any, single any one person out as being particularly better than anyone else, to be honest. But I do have my own particular favourites. And John Elliott, to be fair, had a real blistering set this past week. So definitely go and check his out. Also, uh, one that really drew my attention was Chris Armstrong's. His was really, really good. So, there you go. Okay. By way of a special mention, the COVID Kaylee still rattles on. A lot of big name pipers taking advantage of it. So, 
Excellent stuff. Okay, the Red Hot Chili Pipers have actually put out some new music. Yes. The Red Hot Chilies, just like the rest of us, are stuck behind four walls. And, uh, yeah, they kind of reworked a version of Hallelujah. Now, you guys know the Hallelujah tune. Uh, Simon Fraser University plays it quite famously. But this one features the Soul Nation Choir. And this was all dedicated to frontline staff of the NHS. Now... For yeah, if you want to hear it for yourself and go and see the video and everything of how it was created and all of that, go and check out the Red Hot Chili Pipers on their social media. It's definitely worth a listen. It's a cracking tune, and uh, even though the guys all recorded it remotely in their own houses, it was mixed and put together by a professional company, and the video itself was put together by uh, another production company. Very high production values and just sounded brilliant. So definitely go and check that out from the Red Hot Chilies. Some cracking new music there. Now, on the 11th of April, I don't know if this technically is piping news or not, but I don't know if you guys managed to see this. Runrig. Runrig managed to live stream their last ever performance. They called it The Last Dance, which was their farewell concert. And um, not a dry eye in the house. This was absolutely epic. Now, yes, granted, it's not a pipe band, and yes, okay, it's not technically piping news, but... Let's face it, us bagpipers, most of us out there would be aware of who Runrig are and be kind of fans of their music, to be fair. So, yeah, if you did manage to miss it, then where were you? But, yes, you can go back and watch it. As far as I'm aware, it's still up there uh, on social media. Plus, I think you can get it through Runrig's website at the moment. So, yes, just do a little searching around on social media. Of course, we've shared it out on the Rab Show page as well. Uh, Runrig, The Last Dance. Can I just say, those guys may be getting on in years, but dang, they can thump out the tunes. And it's all—it's honestly heartbreaking to see that this is their farewell, fare thee well tour kind of thing and... That's the end for Runrig. It's yeah, it's awful. But hey, that's what it is. They wanted to give us one big show to see us all off, and that's what they did. So definitely worth watching. Honestly, even if you're not a fan of Runrig, go and watch it, and you'll get an appreciation for what those guys do musically. It's simply brilliant. Now, there was also a bit of a movement on social media, of course, over the course of Easter. Easter Sunday, of course, was just behind us, and they encouraged bagpipers at 12 noon local time, wherever they were around the world, to go out on their doorstep and play Amazing Grace. Now, this kind of had me wondering, going, oh, they could have picked a better tune, but I do understand why they picked Amazing Grace, because obviously it's a hymn, and it's Easter Sunday, and it's a Christian celebration, and you do want to play a hymn on Easter Sunday. That's understandable. Amazing Grace would be one of the most popular ones, and one that everybody knows. And to be honest, Amazing Grace is a tune that I've kind of, I love to hate kind of thing. It's one of those things that you hear for like the hundred thousandth time and you're like, come on, I've had enough of this, play something else. But honestly, some of the performances of Amazing Grace that were played and posted on social media on Easter Sunday were proper goosebumps material. Like I'm talking crystal clear playing, faultless tone, whew. Like sometimes, you know, I've never heard Amazing Grace played in certain ways by some people. Crystal clear playing and just actually does give you the goosebumps. You know, I kind of found a newfound appreciation for the tune. A tune that I honestly did hate for a good while. Uh, There's that plus Highland Cathedral that I just can't stand. Sorry, folks. I know that's going to get people's backs up. 
But yeah, Amazing Grace and Highland Cathedral are two of those tunes that just get on my last nerve because I've heard them so many times. I think that's it. But uh, yeah, so I don't know who started that whole movement with getting people to play Amazing Grace on uh, Easter Sunday, but thank you to whoever you were because some of the performances that were produced were simply brilliant. So there you go. That's what happened on Easter Sunday. Okay, this week I wanted to give a special shout to Basil Brummage. Baz Brummage, we did mention him on previous uh, episodes of the Rap Show podcast that he was putting together another book. Uh, his first book, of course, was entitled Slunge in the Bidet, uh, which detailed all sorts of colourful stories from the bagpiping world. Well, he's now released a new one called, <clears throat> which is an epic title, by the way. He's called it The Jobby in the Lobby. The Jobby in the Lobby! Yeah. <laughs> By Barnum Brummage. And this thing, I have yet to download it. But yes, you can download it now and read it. It's also available on paperback. Uh, I think you can get it through sites such as Amazon or anywhere else where you can get books. Uh, I've yet to download this, but going on the title alone, I think it's going to be good value. <laughs> So, by way of a shameless plug, if you are a reader, or even if you're a bagpiping fan, then definitely check out uh, this brand new book, The Jobby in the Lobby, and I can guarantee at least a good few belly laughs out of this. That should be all sorts of good value. Uh, So, definitely worth checking out. Just type it into your search engine, of course, and you'll find it. There you go. Okay, I want to give another particular mention on this week's podcast to Flam 5. Yes, Flam 5 drumming. Their competition that I mentioned on last week's podcast is still thundering away. In conjunction with Modern Piping from Lincoln Hilton. And I think the tune's Right Chat. I think I got it painfully wrong on last week's pod. So, yep, the tune is called Right Chat from Lincoln Hilton. And drummers all around the world have been playing to this. Now, some of the performances on here are just... Just ridiculous. Okay, some of the drummers on here are so incredibly talented. I'm just wondering, where did you all come from? They sprung out of the woodworks. Uh, shout out to Jamie Coffey, of course, from Major Sinclair. Jamie just played a blistering set. Oh, my word. And also to Aaron McLean, whose uh, drum score was simply brilliant as well. And to uh, Stephen Crichton's score as well. It was very, very enjoyable. And, you know, there's even some people from the DCI world are getting involved and putting a whole new twist on this tune that perhaps us piping folk wouldn't ordinarily be used to hearing. And it's just really interesting to see, you know, how different drumming worlds can come together and try to play music together. It's, you know, listening to a bagpiper bagpiper with a DCI drummer, it's a different experience. And it's certainly an interesting listen. And so, yeah, tenor drummers have been getting involved as well. And very, very entertaining stuff. So thank you to everyone there at Flam 5. Your competition is still ongoing. If you are interested in checking it out, go and have a look at Flam 5 Drumming uh, on social media. They're on Instagram, on Facebook, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, you can look and see what the details are and what you have to do to enter. And uh, I think at the end of the competition, you actually win one of their famous Flam 5 Flam 5 drum cases, which look pretty sweet, actually. I wouldn't mind one myself, to be honest. But, yeah, I think that's what the end prize is. Uh, You managed to win one of their drum cases. Um, Plus, also, they'll share your performance out on their social media. So what's not to love? So there you go. Shout out to Flam 5. Competition is still ongoing. And dead excited to see who's going to lift the top spot in that one. 
Okay, I wanted to give a mention this week to another little bit of a news story from the Alberta Society of Pipers and Drummers, the ASPD, Alberta Society Pipes and Dr- or Pipers and Drummers, even I should say. Uh, they're launching a bit of a Facebook competition, and they're just asking you to play any tune of your choice, video it, and act- and send it into them, and that's basically it. <laughs> now there's no deadline or anything published yet there's no nothing like that it's basically very open it's open to pipers snares tenors and bass uh, so if you are interested go and check that out the alberta society for pipers and drummers and they're calling it the aspd isolation challenge there you are so play a tune of your choice and be entered into their competition yeah Okay, I wanted to give a mention again. I'm giving mentions to everyone, but this is another news story that dropped. Uh, shout out to Scaryvore. Yes, Scaryvore, of course, from the trad music scene, uh, released a bit of a charity single this past week, and it actually had a good number of people from the bagpiping world involved in this. The song itself is called Everyday Heroes, and as you can imagine, the charity itself is for the NHS. Uh, So, our National Health Service being at the front line of the COVID-19 carry-on, obviously the guys at Scaryvore wanted to do their thing. So, they did. And this track, honestly, is epic. And the fact that it's a charity single shouldn't put anyone off. Sometimes whenever you hear that, you know, it's a charity CD, you always think, ah, it's going to be substandard, but at least the money's going to charity. No, this track is proper blistering to be honest so go and check it out scary for i think at one point they actually were sitting at number one in the charts yeah above such people as the weekends and things like that and saint john and th- all these different pop star names that i have no clue uh like drake but who, drake who's drake is it i know i know what a drake is and that's a duck uh, so if a duck managed to make it into the top 10 on the charts, then Scaryvore's managed to beat them so far. So <laughs> shout out to Scaryvore. Uh, if you are interested, go to scaryvore.com forward slash heroes. And yeah, check out their charity single, Everyday Heroes. And if you watch the video for it, you'll actually see quite a from few familiar faces from the piping world involved in there as well. Okay. All right, Drumming On Demand. Yes, the online snare drum tuition service, Drumming On Demand, are actually releasing a few free lessons. Now, this is from their uh, tuition series from Stephen McWhorter Percussion. Now, what's not to love there? So, if you want, you can check them out, Drumming On Demand, on their social media. They've been uploading little video clips and stuff from their tuition series, and it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're sitting bored in the house and you want to get some proper decent tuition from an absolute drumming legend such as Stephen McWhorter. Whew, what's not to love? So go and check it out. Drumming on demand on social media by way of a shameless plug. There you go. All right, I want to give a mention to the Jep Highland Gathering. Yes, the Jep Pipe Band put out a bit of an announcement there saying that their gathering, which was due to be held on the 16th of May, is now postponed. Now, it's not cancelled, but it's postponed. So, yeah, as to what the future date will be, goodness knows. Uh, but this is, you know, in conjunction with the Pipe Bands Association of, of South Africa. Yeah, obviously we've seen it coming because we do know a lot of our UK events have been cancelled. So I guess it's the same case around the rest of the world as well. So, yeah, it's not the best news in the world, but it's not unexpected either. So the Jep Highland Gathering has been postponed. Once we hear a new date of when it's going to be scheduled, 
we'll let you know. Now, this gathering is not a small thing by any means. It's actually quite huge. They've got thousands of vendors, Highland dancing, craft stalls, food stalls, beer tents, pipe bands, of course. All sorts of stuff happening happening at this Highland gathering. So, yeah, this will affect quite a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, that's not the best news in the world. But, um, yeah, it's only postponed, not cancelled. So, once we get a new date, we'll certainly let you know. All right. The National Piping Centre have been doing something quite interesting. They've started something called Hashtag Tip Tuesday, which is not easy to say. Uh, so Hashtag Tip Tuesday. And um, yeah, again, check that out on their social media where they're just uploading little short video clips, giving you little hints and tips and pointers on your piping. Now, yes, the first one, Tip Tuesday, which was uploaded just yesterday when I'm recording this, um, Wilson Brown actually gives you an explanation on how to work on your tacums. Tacums! I haven't learned tacums yet. Uh, but I, don't, I have no idea what they are. But yeah, he actually gives you exercises and ways that you can improve your tacum playing. Wilson Brown, awesome stuff. So there you go. Go and check out the National Piping Centre and hashtag Tip Tuesday. We hope this is going to be quite a regular thing going through because this is a genius idea. Awesome stuff. So talking about postponements, cancellations and all the negative stuff, of course, we had the news that the Northern Meeting was cancelled for 2020. Now, it didn't come as any huge surprise, to be honest. Uh, We did think that we were kind of holding on with both hands that the Northern Meeting was still going to happen. But no, it was announced there April 14th that unfortunately the plug has been pulled because of the coronavirus pandemic. Ah, same old story. Another Games has fallen victim. But, yes, it was kind of inevitable. We did see it coming. So there you go. No Northern Meeting for 2020. Ah. Well, a little bit more positive news. Ross Ainsley. We did mention that Ross was putting together a crowdfunder uh, so he can record a new album called Vanna. Well, he has reached his target and if anything he hopes to exceed it obviously the more money raised the more bells and whistles he can apply for his album so if you are interested go and check out ross ainsley music on social media he has an indiegogo thing going where you can actually pre-order the album even though it's not made yet uh, but you will be helping fund the actual making of it so you have until friday the 17th of april to get your pre-order in and uh yeah once it's finished ross will send you a copy of it and plus you'll be in the knowledge knowing that you actually help pay mick the thing so yeah be a part of piping history help ross make his new album and all of us piping and drumming fans around the world will thank you for it so there you go check out ross ainsley music of course on social media well worth checking out and drop him a few quid you know <laughs> Okay, on to another piping story. Now, the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association came up with something this past week to keep us all busy. As you may not have been aware, the RSPBA actually celebrates its 90th anniversary in 2020. And the association wanted to mark this by holding a composition competition, focusing on 6-8s. Yes, if you guys out there would like to take your hand to composing and... To the idiom of 6-8s, well, they're looking for a four-parter. For full information, of course, you can check it out. It's on the RSPBA website, plus it's on all the branches' websites as well. They have all full information of all the requirements and what they would like you to do. And uh, as far as the the prize and that goes, I'm not entirely sure what you end up with at the end of it. But, you know, 
It's helping the association celebrate their 90th anniversary. And, hey, wouldn't it be cool to get what your tune as being the signature tune to mark the 90th anniversary of our own association? Honestly, I do think that would be kind of cool. So their email address, of course, is pbc.competition at rspba.org. Or, of course, you can check out rspba.org for full details on this composition uh, competition. So that's just not easy to say on the podcast. Composition, competition. Sounds like a song. In a wild crocodile. So, yeah, it's a 68 march of four parts is what they're after. So, yeah, there are different entry levels uh, you know, of skill level and stuff like that that they want you to approach, you know, from the juvenile level or the band level. It's Yeah, it's interesting. So go and have a look at it. It's very intricate, actually. They give you a lot of information here before you even put pen to paper. Uh, so go and check it out. It's on the RSPBA website right now. All right, before we get out of the piping news then, I wanted to give another mention to quite an awesome project that I drew your guys' attention to before, but it's just... It's absolutely fascinating, and I'm a drummer, and I am glued to this. Alan Tully, of course, pipe major of St. Lawrence Tool Pipe Band, um, has launched a brand new website called writemymedley.com. And I spoke about this on last week's podcast, I think, maybe the week before, and telling you just what an incredible opportunity this is. Well, as part of this website, Alan is actually writing a blog. And on this... He's actually released part one of his blog, and the title for this is Uncovering Inspiration While in Lockdown. Now, this thing is absolute gold. Absolute gold. I can't begin to tell you. If go now, writemymedley.com, read the blog, all right? If you're a drummer, drum major, tenor drummer, bass drummer, piper, whatever, go and read this, okay? <laughs> it's simply brilliant. Um, but I I don't want to sit and read paragraphs from it, okay? Because that's obviously going to spoil it. You just need to go and check it out for yourself. Trust me, you will not be wasting your time. It's simply such an insight into the mind and the workings of kind of a a very musical and creative person as being a pipe major of St. Lawrence Atul, who we all know can put together a blistering set. And uh, when he's talking about where to find inspiration in lockdown, it's simply fascinating. Honest to goodness, I've never read anything so inspiring in a long time. And this is part one. I can't wait for part two. So go to writemymedley.com, read the first part of the blog post, feel inspired, and then who knows, Take on the composition challenge from the RSPBA and maybe write a, a four-part 6-8 for them. <laughs> Do you know, I don't know, it's simply brilliant. I'm not going to spoil it now, other than suffice to say to point you in that direction and that you need to go and check it out. Writemymedley.com by Alan Tully and his blog and everything. Oh, my word. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it. Tell you what, what you can do. You can go and read it, then come back to me. All right? <laughs> Go and read it and then email me and tell me what you thought of it. That's a good idea. Yeah, but trust me, you do not want to miss this. <laughs> so, moving swiftly on. Now, I know I've been keeping you guys kind of on um, on a bit of a, a string, I feel. Uh, this last while, we announced that the Simon Fraser University Pipe Band actually released a brand new album without telling anyone. They called it you know, live from Chilliwack or the Chilliwack concert. And 
This album came as a bit of a surprise to all of us in the piping world. We were not expecting this. We did know that Simon Fraser took part in a concert in this town called Chilliwack, and we had no clue that it was recorded. We had no idea that it was going to be an album. And then, boom, here we go. Here's a big, dirty album for you all to enjoy. Have at it, lads. Have fun with it. Well, you guys have been waiting and waiting and waiting for my review. And it's took me a long time to kind of get my teeth into this and really give you an honest review. And if I'm brutally honest, I wasn't a huge fan of this. Now, that's not a cut on what SFU are. SFU clearly are an epic pipe band. They can play some blistering sets, don't get me wrong. But me, I'm kind of an audiophile. For me, audio quality is very important. And whenever you listen to this album, you can definitely tell it was recorded live. There's a serious amount of room noise. You can hear the hall. And at some points, the applause from the crowd is louder than the actual band. That's very strange. Whenever you're actually listening to it and the band's at one level and then the applause comes on at the end and it's... You're like, okay, relaxed, okay, big lad. Are they standing beside someone with a recorder and the guy next to them just started clapping like a crazy person? I don't know. Looking at the set list that's on this CD, however, there's some proper quality music on here for you to enjoy. Uh, standout set for me, actually, has to be the John McCallum uh, March set, which is simple tunes, played well. And SFU really know how to play that. It's an awesome set of marches there. Uh, but they have two medley selections, as you would expect. They have the Sky Boat set, as you would expect. Uh, plus they have some of their own kind of... SFU party pieces, you know, like Hallelujah. I think they had the parking glass on there as well. You know, the usual kind of SFU concert stuff that we were kind of well used to hearing before. Now, there's drum fanfares on there as well, but the drum fanfare, to be honest, kind of gets a bit lost in the room noise, I feel. And it's difficult, I think, throughout the whole album. It's very difficult to pick out the midsection. Now, that's Again, me being an audio kind of freak, and I love audio quality. And on this album, I feel it really suffered in the audio quality department. The band doesn't sound bad. Don't get me wrong. The band actually sounds quite decent. And, you know, they're SFU, for goodness sake. But you really kind of lose the midsection and the kind of intricacies that you would get from an SFU tenor core. Plus, you really kind of lose the bass drum at certain moments as well. It doesn't have the same punch as normal SFU recordings, such as my favourite one, which would be Down Under, uh, live from the Sydney Opera House. But that one has to be top of my pile whenever it comes to SFU recordings. I'm sure you guys could possibly disagree. Uh, I'm sure, in fact, possibly you will, and there'll probably be loads of you saying, oh, no, come on, so many other recordings. This one... If you were going to go to SFU's website and pick up a copy, you wouldn't go far wrong. It is a good album. There's a good plethora of music on there for you to get your teeth into. A lot of hornpipe sets, a lot of jigs, a lot of very fast playing. There's also, like I said, my own particular highlight, which is the John McClellan uh, March set, which again, simple marches played incredibly well. Always sound effective to me, and I just really loved it. I thought it was very, very good. Uh, you know, so yeah, you can melt my face with a hornpipe, or you know, try and 
tick the legs out from under me and by thumping some jigs at me. Or, yeah, thump me about the face with some reels, but give me a good solid march set sometimes. It's real simple, but played well. Big harmonies. Oh, and a cracking drum score. And that's what SFU did there with that one. Hmm. But the, yeah, there are two medley sets, obviously, with the two medleys that they played at this year's Worlds. And yes, honestly, I think they played fantastically. Uh, but again, it was just lost in the room. Now, I do know, I think I remember reading a press release about this album uh, from SFU that it was recorded and it was just meant to be for band members. It wasn't going to be released, uh, which is why we didn't hear any kind of rumours or at least any kind of a possible nod or a wink to say, hey lads, there's going to be an album coming, uh, you might want to keep an eye out. Normally you do hear that, yes, this was recorded, and yes, it'll be a possible album, but there was nothing from this. And obviously this was recorded on, you know, just for members of the band and I think that's what I read in the press release is that this was to be given to members of the band to give them an idea of where they were musically before they were to move on to the world championships or afterwards and stuff like that it was to be used as like a tool to help practice and um yeah so the whole concert was recorded and then given to band members and then I think due to the COVID-19 carry on as I'm calling it I think there was a decision made then from SFU saying, hey, why don't we release this? Give people some music. And from that point of view, it's it's absolutely cracking. It's brilliant. In fact, there's a load of bands out there that I do know that are sitting in all sorts of different concert recordings that haven't been released. And I really hope they do follow suit. <clears throat> I'm not going to name names, but there's so many bands out there that I know have done big shows, big concerts, and... Um, I know they've been recorded, but they're not releasing them. So, but hey, now we've seen SFU do this. Will we see any other bands do that? Don't know. Remains to be seen. So, my honest review of SFU Pipe Band, the Chili Whack concert. Would I recommend it? Honestly, I do think there are better recordings of SFU. This isn't possibly the best. It isn't the best recording of SFU. It's still a good one, though. It's still a good one. There's plenty of music in here for you to get your teeth into. And definitely as a piping fan, or even a drumming fan, of course. Come on, Reed Maxwell knows how to put the core together, man. Absolutely amazing drum scores in this. So, yeah, if you are a piping drumming fan, of course you're going to want to own a copy of this. You're going to need a copy of it anyway, let's face it. Um, But, yeah, if you are looking for an SFU recording and this is going to be your first SFU album that you're going to buy, possibly look at some of the other ones first before picking this one up. I would recommend definitely my own particular favourite, which is Down Under, Live from the Sydney Opera House. It has to be my favourite SFU recording. Uh, But I'm sure uh, all of you guys out there could possibly name others that you think is your own particular favourite. So, guys, there you go. It is what it is. It's my brutally honest review. It's good. It's not great from a sound quality point of view. But it's good. (laughs) The band themselves, don't get me wrong, the band themselves, SFU, played an absolute blinder. All right? I just feel the sound quality in this kind of does let it down slightly. And, you know, certain sections of the band kind of gets lost in the noise. It's it's an unusual one. It's an unusual one. It did take me a little while to kind of get my ear around it to be able to listen thoroughly and enjoy it. Uh, so, there. Yeah, I know that sounds overly critical, but you guys do want me to be honest. 
And yeah, honestly, that's my honest opinion on that one. Um, so SFU Live in Chilliwack concert. If you are going to pick it up, definitely go enjoy it and definitely check out the John McCallum March set. I really enjoyed that. Plus their number one medley as well. That's a blistering set, man. Um, but yes, obviously you're going to expect some of the usual party pieces, some of the homegrown hornpipes, the Hallelujah, Skyboat song, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, SFU concert fair, as they say. So there you go. Go and download it and draw your own conclusions. I dare say I'm going to get some angry emails about that now. Which would be great because I want emails. BigRabShow at gmail.com Alright. Well, I think it's that point in the show at this point where it's time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. A1 Embroidery and Printing. Producing some merchandise for some of the top bands in the piping game, such as Phil Marshall Montgomery, St. Lawrence the Tool, and ourselves, The Big Rab Show. For all of your embroidery and printing needs, they have some extremely high-quality garments, such as hats, beanies, t-shirts, hoodies, soft-shell jackets, you name it, they can print it. If your band is on the lookout for some exclusive merchandise offers, then contact them direct on their social media, A1 Embroidery and Printing check them out on facebook a1 embroidery and printing if you can think it they can print it the british drum company is a young player in the drumming world that has established its reputation as a manufacturer of exceptional drum kits and it's now turning its attention to the bagpiping world the world of pipe band drumming is represented by the axial range Launched in August 2019 with innovative features, developed alongside British Drum Co. International Marching Specialist Jim Kilpatrick, MBE. The stunning axial range was then selected by the Grade 1 Drum Corps of Glasgow Police Pipe Band for the 2020 season. British Drum Co. drums are all handmade, made by craftsmen in Stockport in the UK. The build quality and attention to every detail is second to none, contributing to British Drum Co.'s reputation as artisan makers of some of the finest drums available today. These drums are available only through approved British Drum Co. specialist dealers. For more information on all British Drum Co. products, please visit BritishDrumCo.com or follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. The British Drum Company. Look amazing, sound amazing, feel amazing. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full line of bagpipes, including Henderson's, and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets, and bespoke Highland wear, including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com Offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, then they can help you. With a full custom design from Andante Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper will also be distributing the latest Axial line from the British Drum Company. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. Hi, this is Ross Ainsley, and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Yes, indeed. It's time for Topic of the Week. And, uh, you know, I love that cup of tea today. I don't know what it is. 
<sighs> just some days I just love a good cup of tea. Um, people don't believe me that I do that. You know, that I go and have a cup of... Genuinely, I do. And it, it's not fake. Like, I have been out of this recording room now for about 30 minutes. I uh, had a cup of tea. I watched, um, I think, some NFL access, because I think the, the draft's coming up. I watched a little trailer for the next episode of The Mandalorian. And you don't want to know what I wasted my time doing in the last 30 minutes, do you? No, you want to know about Topic of the Week? Well, this week's Topic of the Week is, of course practice and how to do it better practice 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 it's something that we all have to do to be involved in this musical world of the piping world if you think you can be involved in the bagpiping world and never practice then you are wrong (laughs) if you think you can coast by and never practice then where where did you get that logic it just doesn't work like that now practicing there are so many ways to do it right but there is even more ways to do it wrong and unfortunately now that we're all locked behind closed doors and you know we have all this extra time on our hands to possibly practice more could we be doing potentially more harm than good by practicing wrong well to be honest yes you could be practicing and potentially developing bad habits. Now, bad habits are something that can get ingrained very easily that you could be practicing something which you think is right, and then you find out to your own horror that, no, it's not right. You've been practicing it wrong the entire time, and uh, before you know it, you just can't play it any other way. And bingo, you've got a bad habit. So, yeah, I think... On this week's podcast, we wanted to kind of look at the whole realm of practicing. And this week, I'm quite fortunate. I reached out to a grade one tenor drummer who've given me uh, some incredible advice for tenor drumming practice. But also, I've reached out to uh, Andrew Shilladay. Yeah, who's obviously my piping tutor. And obviously, I am at home and I'm practicing me, me playing and all the rest. But I'm practicing unsupervised. And then I would come to my piping lesson and Andrew would go, um... What were you practicing again? <laughs> Thankfully, he hasn't done that yet. Phew, but so far, so good. I haven't actually practiced anything incorrectly. Hopefully. Uh, but yes, he did give me some quite genius pointers. Uh, obviously, Andrew is an incredible piper of note and an even better teacher. Uh, so knows all about practice and how best to structure our practices. And that's one thing. That Andrew said at the very beginning of his advice. He said, Rab, keep practices short, but often. Short, but often. Now, that's one thing that I really kind of steal even from the drumming world. If, if I got my players on my drum corps to lift their sticks for five minutes in the day, that's enough. Now, I do know stories of some people who practice for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours every day in fact we've heard stories right here in the podcast of people who practice for the world solo drumming championships for seven hours a day for two weeks now that's almost like a full-time job seven hours a day for two weeks that's insane i think honestly there does come a point in your practice where being productive and actually having tangible results from your practice actually stops and I do agree with what Andrew says here. He says, keep practices short, but often. 
Now, it doesn't put a time scale on this. Obviously, it depends on the person. It depends on how much free time they have. It also depends on their own attention span. Now, I know for me, I could sit and practice through tunes and GDEs and scales and stuff on the practice channel for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then I kind of start getting the rust settling and go, ah, I'm not enjoying this anymore. And then eventually I'll just set it down. But then with drumming, however, I could practice for a good half hour, 45 minutes and still want to keep going. So I guess it's where your own mental space is. If you do feel that you're still being productive and you're doing something, you know, you're actually making progress, then fine. But I do agree with his advice here. Keep practices short, but do them often. He also said to have an achievable goal. Now, that's one thing that a lot of people should set when practicing their drumming or their piping. Uh, Of course, we're not going to walk out on the field and join Field Marshal tomorrow. Not everyone has that in them. Obviously, to join such big, grade one big guns as the Field Marshal, you need to put in an intense amount of work. And actually saying to yourself, okay, I give myself three weeks and I'll be playing in the front row of Field Marshal. No. Uh, you need to be a little bit more, a little bit more grassroots, I think. And you know, don't get me wrong. For a lot of people, that is possible. But yes, make sure that goal is within your grasp. If you're now currently competing in Grade Four B and your band is struggling, maybe set your goal to have that. You know, you could be the strongest player in your band, or be the best member of that band, or perhaps you know, if you are you know, struggling to get through a certain set or score without missing your C Dublins or perhaps you're throwing these aren't that great or we mentioned Tacoms earlier on. You know, if there's certain little things on there that you eh, just not great, then set yourself that achievable goal that by the end of two months or whatever, you'll be able to fly through that set with no mistakes. Set achievable goals, achievable standards that by the end of your practice time, you'll actually have achieved something. Andrew goes on to say, he said, it's great to play tunes that you enjoy as part of your practice, but always set aside some time to improve weaknesses, just like we were saying there earlier. It is good and it's actually encouraged for your own mental health to actually remind yourself why you like to play. So in my case with drumming, I love 6-8s. I would play 6-8s till the cows come home, but I absolutely hate playing Strasbys. I don't know what it is. I just can't get them. I can't memorize them. I hate Strasbys. I can play them. I just can't memorize them. So, yes, I would sit and play a 6-8 for maybe five minutes, get the hands moving, first of all. Then I get bogged down, start doing some Strasbys work, and, oh, come on, I'm on that third part, and I just can't get through it. And then I remind myself that drumming is fun again, and I would just go back and play a hornpipe or something, a little bit of a jig, and... Just forget about that nasty taste of the stress bay that I've left behind. But yeah, you always try and work in something that you are working on and trying to improve on. But yeah, you always kind of sandwich it, don't you? You sandwich it between something that you like. Andrew goes on to say, he says, break tricky movements down. Uh, For example, slow things down. Know every single step and take into account your posture. If you're feeling relaxed, if your muscles are tense or anything, and you must feel relaxed and able to play it, and every single step at slow level before you start to up the ante and start playing it quicker. So in other words, you have to have full control at a slow level before you start upping the tempo. So I'd have to agree with that. 
He also says, learn the tune phrase structure. Memorize one phrase at a time and then put the phrases together in the correct order. Now, if anything, Andrew's actually been teaching me this way. Uh, We've been learning tunes bar by bar. And, you know, we maybe learn it in two bar phrases and then he would leave it with me for a week. So, you know, I would learn it at a phrase and a phrase and a phrase. And then before you know it, you're putting the jigsaw together and you have the whole tune done. Now, that's that works for me. It works, you know, for others that I'm aware of as well, especially in the drumming world that you learn tunes by phrases. Um, but for other people, it could be even less than that. Rather than learning it by phrases, they learn it just note by note. You know, they progress it one step at a time, beat by beat. It all depends on your own personal circumstance. But for, yeah, for your own personal practice, learning tunes and phrases would honestly be a good practice. He said also to seek out resources to gain knowledge. Also, tutors such as Piper's Dojo. Shout out to the dojo! Don't forget, take a a 30-day dojo premium test drive for just $1. BigRabShow.com forward slash dojo. Or, of course, services such as Rhythm Monster as well. Don't forget our promo code. Yeah, a big rap monster. And you get money off the checkout. And also, you know, you can look into things such as tuning drones, how to set your chanter, also how to tune drum heads and things like that. There's so many other things outside of actual playing, such as maintenance and things like that. You know, that's well worth looking into. Also, music theory and all the rest, how to read rhythmical patterns and different things, of musical value of notes and rests and dot and cut and all that sort of stuff. It's very interesting, actually. And something I've been getting appreciation of recently is uh, learning how to read bagpipe music. Of course, I'm kind of throwing that across into my drumming music as well because I can't read snare music at all, but I can read bagpipe music now, which is weird. And I do kind of liken the two together. They both are very similar. Pipe music does have a certain rhythm to it, and so does drum music, obviously. So, uh, yeah, you can learn different things from both worlds. Interesting stuff. He also says, uh, uh, number one would be record yourself and listen back. This has so many benefits, he says. Much easier to hear imperfections uh, when you're not having to multitask. It simulates performance. You only have one shot in front of the judge or the audience or your recorder. If you lose your place... You know that that performance or that recording is ruined. It's great looking back at older recordings to see how you've progressed as well and keep a record. So, yeah, I've been doing this myself. Um, Obviously, using modern technology now, it's best to video yourself and actually see... You, you, you can actually see it in your hands and your body language, parts of a certain score or music or tune where you would actually tense up and you see the shoulders start to rise and you go, I know I'm going to screw up here. And you can actually see it. And then, you know, maybe a month or two after playing that score on that set or whatever, and you go to film it again, you do realize a difference. Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not tensing at that part anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm not screwing up every time I hit that second bar. So, yeah, recording yourself is definitely a big one. Now, especially for pipers and for drummers as well. Andrew then goes on to say, and he says, be humble and listen to criticism and take it as instruction. He says, too many people would rubbish any negativity. Someone who is serious about being the best should seek out this type of instruction. Even if you aren't competitive, ask advice of players who you really like. How do I make my pipes sound like yours? How do I make my throwing D's sound like yours? Example, 
So, yeah, just pick someone in the piping world and just ask them questions. We're very fortunate in the piping world that a lot of our, you know, grade one big guns are all very approachable. So perhaps even sending them a video of you playing and saying, Hi, I've been working on this set for a while. Is there anything that, you know, I can do to improve this? Either they will get back to you and say, ABC, this is what you can do. Or they'll just tell you, nah, sorry, I've no time. You know, and at least you have an answer. But yeah, a lot of ones in the piping world are very approachable. And of course, you can ask for pointers and tips and things. Why not upload your performance as part of the hashtag COVID Kaylee? And I'm sure you'll get a lot of constructive criticism from a lot of people around the piping world. Uh, but yeah, recording yourself being your own critical judge is one thing. But actually going out and seeking criticism is something else entirely. And definitely worth doing. I would kind of agree with Andrew in this one. And yes, if you do want to strive to be the best, then obviously criticism is where it's at. Because there's a lot of people out there who obviously are playing at a higher level and uh, have been there, done that, won the gold medal and all of that. So definitely worth you know seeking out that kind of criticism. Definitely worth looking at. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, I want to go on to the advice I received from the grade one tenor drummer. Now, I'm keeping them anonymous, of course, because... Uh, yeah, they wish to remain anonymous. But I do want to give you the advice that they have given me with regards to practice for tenor drummers. Now, this one is kind of invaluable. A lot of very tenor drum specific stuff in here. Uh, so I'll just actually read you uh, the message that I got here. So, okay. Uh, as far as practice for tenor drummers is concerned, I will list the following points that need to be considered. Okay. So before you learn the tenor score, make yourself familiar with the pipe tune and the drum score so you have a better understanding of what and where your score fits. That's an interesting perspective because tenor drumming obviously falls in the middle. So it's interesting that you have to learn both in a way. Uh, this also means to listen for accents and dynamics in the drum score so the tenor score complements it too. Interesting. So, yeah, this is where the tenor line sort of falls between the two and is like the the filling in the sandwich, if you want. So that's interesting. You have to kind of listen to the piping as well as the drumming and kind of tick the best of both worlds. Uh, they go on to say, uh, learn the full tenor score first. So there's no sense in learning only your part. Learning the full score helps to feel where you are in the part and then you can come in in and out smoothly rather than statically learning an individual part and slotting it in it also helps make it flawless if someone misses and you need to come in and fill it in if you're relying on the person before you uh, it's not going to work and it's not helping you as a player learn how to improvise while maintaining composure yes Quite often I have seen tenor chords where someone misses their part and they don't come in at a certain beat and it throws everyone else off. They all lose their count, everyone starts laughing and where are we? Oh my god, we're at the end of the part now. Where are we? So yeah, improvising on the spot when things go wrong. Obviously if you learn the full tenor core score, not just your own individual ins and outs and your own parts, then clearly it'll have a better impact for you as an overall tenor drummer in the core. So you can improvise if something goes wrong. Uh, also, they go on to say, after learning the score comes the learning of the flourishes. The movement of any flourish should either go with the pipe and tune or with the drum score. And this helps keeps the full tenor core in sync. 
Now you can see why making yourself familiar with these two elements really aids not only the tenor score learning, but the flourishing side too. Yeah, so you can kind of marry the two worlds together. That's interesting. With the visual element. Uh, They go on to say, Practice should be done at home, where everyone can learn from the visual or audio recordings. If something is proving too unclear in a video, then it's always easy just to ask. For a video of the movement or the rhythm slowed down, chances are if it's unclear, it's if it's unclear to you, it's unclear to someone else as well. So you'd be doing them a favour by asking. They go on to say, now this is quite interesting actually. I'm actually going to tackle them about this and ask more on this point. They said, like weightlifters and gymnasts, etc. Tenor drummers is always a good idea to learn and practice in front of a mirror. And then record yourself as you can watch, listen back to yourself and work on your form and get everything clinically right before going to meet the rest of the core. So actually practicing in front of a mirror. That's interesting that tenor drummers do that. I do know that a lot of actual snare drummers do this as well. Uh, Myself, I have been kind of doing this, practicing in front of a mirror so I can actually watch my hands a little clearer uh, because I'm used to learning across the table from someone, from a video or something. So when I'm practicing on my own without any technology around me, then having a mirror or some way to be able to see my own hands, uh, you know, from another perspective rather than just top down, it does actually help. So the whole mirror thing clearly helps tenor drummers as well. Um, they'll go on to say, he said, uh, put this all together and you're learning a score more effectively before going to band practice to rehearse it. So yes, obviously all the work is done at home for tenor drummers uh, with some tips there with mirrors. Uh, they go on to say something also quite interesting, saying that the midsection uh, should actually have a couple of rehearsals in a dance studio with a mirrored room, you know, with big mirrors all the way along the walls. Uh, apparently this will really help to get flourishes sharp together and then you can actually video it as well and you can all check you know against the score and the visuals and that they're all set and ready for the grass yeah there you go so interesting that uh, tenor drummers could use the likes of a dance studio with the mirrors and things obviously tenor drummers have that visual element and it's a very important element as that so perhaps practicing in front of mirrors and stuff in a dance studio or even at home very useful, very useful. Well, there you go, folks. If anything, there's been some other tips received on practicing, such as what well, we talked about structure there and playing on something that you need to work on each time, not just the fun stuff. And I think from my own perspective is have a structure. Have a structure that you stick to. That you know, I'm going to lift these sticks for 10 minutes here and you know exactly what's going to happen. In my case, I would start playing through my regular bare bone rudiments and stuff and start getting the hands moving. That takes maybe two or three minutes. Then I would play a 6-8 set just to put a smile on my face. And then I'll get into the crap stuff that I really hate and don't want to work on. and But I know I need to and... You know, before I know it, I've been sitting for 10, 15 minutes and I've played through that Strasbay I don't know how many times and I still can't get it and I'm just about to tear my hair out. And then I kind of switch it back, I throw another 6 8 on, I maybe play a bit of a hornpipe or something or a nice easy jig set or something just to give me back my faith in drumming and go, all right, okay, that's enough. And I'll put them down. And same for the piping too, for that matter. Start out with scales and GDEs and then work my way into tunes. And then I start learning the phrases and stuff and that Andrew had shown me that week that I was really struggling with. 
work my way through that phrase, phrase by phrase by phrase. And if I still can't get it, and I've played it so slow, it's ridiculous, and I'm still not getting it, and I'm getting frustrated, and it's just not sounding right, then I will go back, play a few scales, a few GDEs, a few Dublins here and there, and just get my faith back in piping again. And said, yeah, I can still kind of do this. Not great, but I'm getting there. And then set the chanter down and walk away. Have a bit of a set structure like that. That's how I structure my own practice. Maybe you can do it differently, of course. You ha- everyone has their own process. And if anything, I'd be interested to hear it. You can let me know what your practice process is at home. Email me in, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Now, whenever I was saying earlier about possibly practicing bad habits, that falls under what Andrew was saying earlier, is look for criticism. You're not going to be able to pick out your own bad habits. And that's one thing you need to be overly critical of yourself. But also, you need to allow others to be critical of your playing as well. And actively seek criticism, I think, is what Andrew said there. And honestly, it's so true. You need to seek criticism from people who can play much better than you. And you need to ask them, right, I'm playing here and I've been practicing this score for weeks now. Have a listen, tell me what you think. And you maybe record a little video of it and you send it to them and then they absolutely wet the bed laughing. And they <laughs> they send it back to you saying, that's shocking. What the heck have you been practicing for two weeks? Um, so, yeah, you do open yourself up. <laughs> but honestly, you know, it's the only way to improve sometimes. You know, you're not going to be able to pick out your own bad habits. You would maybe say to yourself, I can't play in that well. I thought that sounded grand. And then someone else would look at it and cut it to bits. So be your own worst enemy. You know what I mean? If we are striving for perfection, that's what we need. We need that constructive criticism to say, no, what you're doing is perhaps wrong. This is what you can do to improve it. And then if you do that thing to improve it, what you may actually find is that, yes, it might actually work. You know, crazy thought. But practice is one of those things you only get out of it what you put into it. Like Andrew said, practice things that you're crap at. If you play only the tunes that you enjoy and you know really well and you can play it like the back of your hand and you've played it 3,000 times over and yes, it sounds great and you can play it faultless without even thinking, then are you really practicing or are you just blowing a few tunes? You know, are you really actively practicing? And whenever we practice, yes, we go through the motions and we can fart our way through Scotland the Brave every five minutes. It doesn't, doesn't cost us a thought. But... Someone sets itchy fingers in front of you and says, go. Do you really, you know, do you tackle that challenge and actually work on it? Or do you just go back to playing Scotland the Brave again? I guess that's what we're getting at. We're trying to, you know, inject a little bit of uh, throwing you out of your comfort zone. If you know what I mean. Throwing yourself out of that, yes, I know this tune well. Yeah, I can play this here. What do you hear? Oh, no bar. Look at me. I'm class. I'm Stuart Little. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> so, yes, be your own worst enemy. Do seek criticism. Send your videoed recordings to other people, friends. Uh, even post them online if you're really thick-skinned. Uh, or, you know, send them out to someone that you know is a better player or that you know and trust that will not completely cut you to ribbons. Uh, but do actively seek criticism. And actually use your practice time constructively. Practice something that isn't going to be a waste of time. 
Anyway, guys, I hope that's managed to give you a little bit of food for thought for whenever tackling your practice. I did manage last week to encourage you to keep playing, and I do know a lot of people out there are still furiously playing away and are just enjoying this time to practice in the house and honing their skills. And I did think to myself, perhaps you could be honing the bad habits rather than the actual good skills. So... I don't know. This incoming week, obviously, we'll probably still be on lockdown and all this carry-on, looking at the news. Uh, So, yeah, use this time constructively, you know. Take advantage of this extra practice time. And perhaps, you know, give yourself a little bit of a personal challenge to improve rather than just maintaining. Well, guys, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. That's me. I am out the door. Again, it's been a bit of another weird week in the piping world. And we want you guys to get involved. Please email us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. We'd love to know your thoughts on this week's episode or any other previous episode. And obviously, our challenge, our question is just how are you guys doing during all of this COVID-19 carry-on? How are you all keeping out there? Are you still playing? Are you still coping? Just how how is everyone keeping in the Big Rab Show piping world? Email us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com Also, I have to give a particular mention to Patreon this week. Uh, We have absolutely been killing it over there on Patreon. So much extra stuff has been flying over there to Patreon subs. Uh, I'm sure anyone who's already signed up to Patreon and is supporting the, the Rab Show, you guys already know what I'm talking about. But there's been so much flying over there. Uh, we have been uploading our Fuse FM radio show over there on our Patreon. So if you do manage to miss it on Fuse FM, you can go and check it out. It's on Patreon every week now. Uh, So you get two hours worth of piping uh, radio show over there on Patreon, exclusive to Patreon subs. Plus you have all sorts of exclusive interviews, backstage videos, and episodes of Rab Show Plus. And that's just far too much to mention now at this point. There's so much extra content there on Patreon. And yeah, with every click of support, honestly, it does mean the world to all of us here on the Rab Show team. Without the support of the guys on Patreon, it'd be very difficult to keep the doors open here on the Big Rab Show podcast. As you can imagine, the COVID-19 situation has had a massive impact on the piping world. And as a result, musicians are suffering, but also podcasters. And yeah, if you do like what we do and maybe would like to help support us, then Patreon's where it's at. So yeah, for five bucks, you can get your hands on tons of extra pipe and content that we have just been furiously uploading over there on Patreon. Exclusive for Patreon subs. But also you'll be safe in the knowledge knowing that you're supporting one of your favorite wee podcasts. So there you go, guys. That's me. I am out the door. Thanks so much for downloading this week. If you haven't already, do please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. So each and every week you'll get a little a little notification to let you know that Rab has uploaded another one. If you haven't subscribed, then do so. And if also, please drop us a little comment or perhaps a rating on iTunes and Spotify and all that sort of stuff. Wherever you're watching or listening right now, believe it or not, that does actually really help us. Comments and ratings and, th- and stuff, I didn't think really was a big deal. But honestly, it is. I didn't think it was. But, you know, according to iTunes and stuff like that, that's how... People find you and all the rest. And that's what we want. We want people to get introduced to our piping world. And see just how awesome it is. Anyway guys. That's me. I'm out the door. I'll let you go. (laughs) Don't forget. Check us out on the Rab Show podcast next week. As we'll be discussing another topic of the week. Until then. I'm out the door. I'll see you all again. All the best.
Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thanks to our sponsors, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, including our two-time world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out TheBigRabShow.com to be kept up to date on all the latest news and views from around the piping world. Plus, of course, check us out on Patreon and become part of the Patreon faithful. For just $5 a month, get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness. So until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on The Big Rab Show Podcast. All the best. <laughs>